You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. And welcome back to the Oz Network. We are continuing our our ongoing coverage of Nip Tuck. Uh, this is a bit of a milestone, actually. It's uh, this is season four, episode six. It's Faith Walter. Um, I've, I, I really should have written down what day this came out, but uh, I haven't done that. Um, but what I can tell you is it's episode 50. We are officially going to be halfway through once we finish um, our coverage of this one. So looking forward to talking about all the uh, the craziness that happens in this episode. Um, but my name's Nick, and uh, now you want me to be your stand-in dick. And my name is Ben, and why do you look like I killed your dog? <laughs> um, yeah, so here we are. We're, we're officially at the halfway point. It's amazing to think this because I kind of think out of the three shows that we're doing, it's like the, you know, Lost, Third Watch, Nip Tuck. It's it's interesting. All three have six seasons. Um, you know, Lost and Nip Tuck aired basically parallel with each other. Kind of they, you know, Nip Tuck I think started a year before Lost, but they both ended in 2010. So they kind of you know, and and both had elements about them that you could argue helped sort of be part of this big sort of you know push for TV being what it is today. Sort of the binge watching factor and all that sort of stuff. And Third Watch obviously a little bit earlier than that. But like you know, Nip Tuck's interesting because kind of. It obviously, it has exactly 100 episodes. It's unique in the fact that we, I think the reason why we've gotten through this so quickly is because the first three, first four seasons are very sort of short seasons. They're only 15 episodes. Whereas, you know, moving forward to, you know, five and six, they're longer seasons. So it's kind of an opposite with Lost. It starts off long seasons followed by short seasons. And then Third Watch is just the same number of episodes in every single season. So yeah, it feels weird to be at the halfway point. It feels great to be at the halfway point. Because, uh, you know, I feel like we've achieved something here, Nick. Like, when we kind of come up with an idea of, let's do every single episode of Nip Tuck. It sounds amazing on paper. Then you start going through this and you think, like, are we ever going to get through all this? Um, and then kind of like, here we are at the halfway point. So, uh, yeah, congratulations to both of us. Congratulations to the listeners for uh, for getting to this point where we're officially at the halfway point. Yeah, we did it. Um, and uh, do we say it's all downhill from here? Maybe not all downhill, but um, it's second half yeah, of season it, five. It, yes, but uh, you know, there's still some yes, good stuff yeah. moving forward. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. But um, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna kick off with um, a um, you know how much I love the the, uh, the dream sequences. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna kick right off. Oh, with, you can't um, not Kevin. like this one. Come on. I ha- I hate I hate this. It's oh. it's terrible. Because I just I just don't see the point of it other than it seems to be like fulfilling a Ryan Murphy fantasy. That's all it seems to be doing. I, I don't really understand what the point of all this kind of Christian thinks he's gay thing is. Because it, it's, I mean, yes, I guess it's funny. You know, like they're in these like tiny little shorty shorts and, you know, they're at this kind of thing. And he's like, I'm going to have to shave your chest or whatever the hell he's. But it just, yeah, just to me, it's just like it's just such a waste of five minutes or whatever. You know, like I just I don't really know what to make of it. I, I love it. I just think it's so fun because I kind of think there's just all always that undertow about it that you would have such a community at like the fans kind of there would be people shipping these two as a couple and kind of you know people would be thinking at the time like oh ultimately it's going to lead to these two ending up together because they're always there for each other so i kind of think it's like it's it's one of these things where like going back to julian mcnamara about maybe what i love about that episode it's kind of just the fact that you know, we we kind of do want to see what would happen if Julia ended up with Christian because it's such a big deal. It's such made into such a thing. So I kind of think there's just a part of this where it's kind of like, well, yeah, what would happen if Christian and Sean were together in some capacity? And I just kind of think it's just fun the way it starts off with, and, you know, you just kind of seeing these two, and just Julia McMahon plays, like, this over-the-top gay character so well. Like, the way he's just, like, these mannerisms and just everything about it. 
Um, I, I love it. I think it's so much fun, and it kind of it just does add to my sort of opinion that Ryan Murphy just is really throwing out the homoerotic scenes this season. I mean, God, six episodes in, this is like so you know so many references to this. But I just think he's kind of he's having fun with it. I just I just I just really love kind of what he does with this sort of scene. It's just I just love it. It's fun. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's. It, it, it's funny to kind of play up the the kind of camp value of it, really. But um, you know, and the whole thing—it's just so on the nose. You know, like he's hiding in the closet. You know, like it's. <laughs> but the thing is, to me, it's like this. This just—it doesn't go anywhere. Like it's not like we're going to find out later on that you know, oh, Christian's actually gay. You know, like I, I just don't really get it. And like this whole thing of like he's in the room and you know, like all these like men are like standing at the window looking at him. Like it's—I'm not quite sure what we're going for here, but it just yeah, it's—it's just weird. I, I like the dream. What it does, what it does remind me of is, um, I don't know if you, no, you won't remember this because nobody remembers this. I do because it just cracks me up every time. But American Idol season two. Oh, um, very so, specific. You know, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so in, in the finale, they had this because, you know, this was back when, you know, Simon Cowell and, and Paula Abdul were, like, had this kind of frenemies thing going on and they would just you know, have a go at each other. Um, yeah, as the two judges. And I remember, like, in the finale, they had, like, this stupid little sketch and it was like, you know, um, the, the two of them basically like feeding each other strawberries and, and you know, drinking wine out of each, each other's glasses and, you know, like, and then making out and then like, you know, um, Simon like wakes up in this cold sweat and he's like, oh my God. And, and, and then he like sits up and then, you know, it's like the whole thing's like, oh, I was having a bad dream. And then like Randy sits up next to him and, you know, like they're in bed together and it's, it was actually really funny. Like, if you can ever find that on YouTube, it is actually a really funny little sketch, sketch that they did. And it just reminds me of that basically. Uh, having never really watched American Idol, uh, no, I don't think I've ever seen that, but it kind of like, uh, on the flip side, sort of while we're on this topic, did you ever see, um, the, I don't know what it was done for, whether it was just done for online or whether it was done for sort of like a late night show or whatever, but when they did the, um, the alternate ending for Breaking Bad where you had, um, uh, like sort of, uh, what's his name? Brian Cranston waking up, but like next to, uh, remember Malcolm in the Middle, how he was like with, um, yeah, yeah. So like they kind of did the, the joke little ending. He's like, oh my God, I had the most horrible nightmare. You know, <laughs> like, you know, I was a drug dealer and I wasn't married to you. I was married to someone else. <laughs> There was this guy called Gus, and he got his half his head blown off, and it was just so funny. Like I don't know if you've ever seen that, but um, yeah, yeah, it is. It's really funny. But uh, obviously, this doesn't work for you the same way as clearly it should. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's just uh, like I think you're kind of like a you are a um, you know, you're a dream sequence person, or you're not. And you know, like I think I've talked about this on the show before. It's like. You know, when you've got that friend that likes to tell you the details of their dream, and I, I just never have patience for that, basically, because it's a dream; it didn't actually happen. And I'm, I don't, I'm not really a believer that your dreams are a huge, you know, um, you know, kind of sign of of what you're really thinking. Sometimes I think they're just dreams. Um, so yeah, it, it's not something that. That, that floats my boat. But yeah, if you're into this kind of thing, I can imagine that you, you might enjoy it. You are going to hate Conor McNamara 2026. <laughs> well, I think it's a little bit different though. Like, like to me, that it, it is a little bit different when you have kind of like a whole episode that's devoted to like the future. Like, that's a little bit different. I think these kind of dream sequences, it, it kind of just feels like shorthand to try and tell a story that they should be telling in a different way. But yeah, I mean, I probably just need to get off this now because yeah, I'm 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 just babbling for the sake of it. But uh, yeah, we kind of move on, and and you know, obviously he uh, he, he wakes up, and um, that's that's kind of it, really. It's, it's kind of he he wakes up and he's been on the couch the whole time, and yeah, you know, I'm not sure if you want to kind of talk anything more about 
where where his head's at at this moment because kind of like as we picked up from the last episode he should be in a good place here you know he's he's kind of you know one Michelle for back, lack of a better word and you know we should be excited about this and, and we're not um so yeah I, I don't know is there anything that you wanted to kind of add to this I, I just kind of think it's just it, it plays well into the fact that yeah you're right like he's one Michelle he's gotten the payment but at the same time it's kind of like he can't be with her how he wants to be because this again is more to him than just like I'm just going to have sex with you on the side. Like, this is what I like about this season. I think a lot of people didn't like this whole Michelle uh, Christian storyline because they were like, oh, we just kind of got over him being in love with Kimba, so why should he be in love with someone else? But I like the way he kind of, like, falls in love with someone else. Like, I think kind of Christian's not, you know, a complete utter jerk when, like, he should always not be, like, you know, with someone or, like, as in, like, just banging random people and not ready to settle down. I kind of think that, like, it's a great development of his character. And we kind of said from the very beginning that in many aspects, Christian turns into Sean and Sean turns into Christian. So, um, I, I like this kind of bit. And I, to me, it's just kind of he's just struggling with it. He's just struggling with his feelings for her. And then kind of, you know, as that goes back to sort of the very first episode where he's in therapy and he's kind of questioning this and he's just thinking about like, well, you know, what does this mean then? Like, because Sean's always been there for me. So, I can kind of understand it. I kind of think it works well just kind of as an overall arc for for Christian, um, you know, this this thing. And obviously, you know, with the return of, uh, you know, Brooke Shields this episode with how that's going to play out and obviously that gets a little bit weird, but uh, I still like how that plays out. Uh, I don't know. I just I just kind of like it. I, I think the one thing I will say is I like just the dream within the dream sequence. And I love the fact that two times we nearly get to see them kiss. And uh, we never <laughs> get to see them kiss. Like, come on. I think it would be funny if we saw them kiss. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that we pulled out of that, at, um, so to speak. But, hmm. um, yeah, it's I, I guess it, it is what it is. And we move on to um, some more fun stuff. Um, Peter Dinklage has got the shits. Which is, you know, uh, <laughs> clearly Nick has the, sh- the, the shits after the, the dream sequence. But, uh, like, there's something about Peter Dinklage, how we can just act in any scene. You know, just the way he's kind of here and he's, like, struggling and he's all like, ooh. And he's like, you know, oh, you know, we'll get some stuff there for you vomiting. Oh, that's not exactly the end that it's coming out of. <laughs> he just kind of, like, yeah, yeah. runs yeah. off. I, I don't know. Peter Dinklage is awesome. I think he went from this to Tyrion Lannister, you know, like... <laughs> Who would have ever thought? But, uh, yeah, so I guess this whole thing of, you know, they're about to go, Sean and Julie are about to go away on their second honeymoon and, and then Marla gets to shit and, and that's going to kind of, we're going to spiral into the situation with Monica, aren't we, where, like, she ends up back on the scene in this episode because um, Julia calls her. Um, yeah, yeah, so I guess it's, uh, that that's kind of what we're getting here. It's just like a, a really quick scene, I suppose, and, and we kind of we, we kind of move on to a surgery scene. And I'm sure you noticed as well. You know, you knew that I would notice that we've got a change in scrub colours here. Now, point out to our listeners, Nick, what colour we've got right now. Uh, it's blue. Yes, but like, is this kind of what number are we up to in terms of the overall? Oh. Well, I'm a bit confused here on a couple of levels because I think normally I expect these scrub changes to be at the start of the season, of a new season. It's almost like a, a mark of the season. And, um, you know, so I'm surprised that it's coming here in, in episode six of all places. But um, have we had blue? I'm sure we've already had blue. We've had brown. Yeah, we have. This, but is it a different... Isn't it? I mean, this is the first season, I think, it was dark blue from memory. But is it darker, this one? I mean, it still kind of does look a bit different. 
Yeah, I need to go back and have a look. So I think season two was this kind of bluey colour, wasn't it? So I need to go back and see what the difference was. The one thing, actually, I, just, I, I forgot, I really want to quickly mention, not to steal your thunder here from your favourite part of the whole show, but um, the the bit that I like too when they're talking about the honeymoons and that is when Julie is sort of like, oh, you know, is it okay for us to leave Connor, you know, so early in? Like, we didn't leave Matt and Annie until they were at least two. And I'm thinking, well, you've already left Annie. Like, Annie's just been left since she was two. So, like, you know. Yeah, that's right. Who gives yeah, a shit, yeah. Julia? But, um, yeah, Blue yeah. Scrubs. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep, don't get us started on that. But, uh, yeah, then we we obviously then quickly move into Bert arriving and he's got a penis pump stuck on him. <laughs> um, this is like, this is just with Austin Powers all over, isn't it? There's a Swedish-made penis and larger pump. Um, yeah, so th- 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 this is a great bit of comedy. So, you know, if, if we're trying to lighten the tone, this is where I'm enjoying it more than the dream sequence stuff. This is quite funny. Swedish penis pumps and me are my bag. Baby by Austin Danger <laughs> Powers. I love the Austin Powers movies. God, they're so funny. Yes, yes. Um, that's, maybe that's a, that's an Oz Network retrospective uh, way going to happen, well, I think. We're, we're kind of struggling with that because we kind of always thought we'd do them on um, Double Oz 7. It's kind of if we do like a, a Bond parody month or something like that. But, um, ah, oh, that, like, the, the, the complete tangent, but their movies are just never stop being funny. Even the third one, which doesn't hold a candle to the first two. Even the second one that doesn't hold a candle to the first one, but they're still so funny in their own right. It's just like, oh, I used to quote those movies to death. I still do. Nobody gets them anymore because, like, I'm old now. But, um. Oh, no, I. I, I still I, I find myself chuckling to some of the lines in it even now. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely with you there. Robin spits or swallows. Which one is it, baby? Spits or swallows? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> 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 oh god, we'll, we'll never stop if we keep going. Um, yeah, I, I like this. I kind of like the whole like when Sean's playing um, Macho Man and the way Christians all like. You know, oh, what is this? It's like, oh, I've been replacing all my CDs. I forgot how fun they were. <laughs> Just like, you know, subtle little thing and going off at Christian about bringing Michelle in. But yeah, like, can I just say that um, uh, uh, Larry Hagman's such an amazing actor. Like, he can just play so well with, you know, comedy and drama. And obviously, that's kind of a thing, isn't it? I guess his two most iconic roles, one was from a comedy, one was from a drama. So this guy is just, like, great. And I just love this scene when he's, like, you know, banging on the glass and they're kind of like, oh, you know, what if Bert caught out? It's like, what do you mean? Well, there he is there. He's just, like, banging on the window, like, pointing, like, you know, come here, come here, quickly. And then he's just, like, you know, talking about their, like, his, um, what is his penis pump? What does he say? Like, I have a gun and it's loaded. Um, it's just, like, you know, saying um, about, like, oh, here's some pills, you know, uh, take that and, you know, get ready to pull off. But it, just kind of how it plays from comedy to kind of just how he handles this so well, the way he's just, like, talking about his ex, like, humping, like, rabbits, uh, you know, leukemia, and then Michelle comes on. It's just sweet, like... And just even kind of the way Christian's kind of just looking awkwardly, because, like, we know he's basically in love with her, and then essentially, like, you know, he's having to listen to this. Like, that's just... That's hard. That, that's awkward, you know, to kind of be in that situation. Um, but then it got... Well, well guess what, guess what, Ben? It's going to get a whole lot more awkward. Yeah, well, he basically pops it off and, oh, I think I could... How long will I stay having an erection for? <laughs> well, I think this is, this is also, like, besides being really funny, it's also a good, a good little bit of setup because, um, you know, I think, um, 
you know, obviously we, the whole thing of he, the reason he's using a pump is because he can't use Viagra, um, which is going to be an important plot point in, in about you know an episode or so. Um, so yeah, I think that's something to they're just kind of setting up early for us, which is which is good. I like it when the show kind of does that, um, which sounds like a real basic thing, but you know, there's a lot of shows and and Nip Tuck's guilty of it as well, but not often where they kind of just drop stuff. And you know, I think that the show's generally pretty good at, at kind of making sure that you're. You know, all these kind of plot points are, are, are kind of set up at some point. Yeah, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And it's kind of, um, you know, this is where this is a great show to kind of, you know, watch back to back and kind of notice these subtle little things. It's like often what I say on our Lost episodes that people go off about Lost kind of having these, you know, outlandish things that never go anywhere. But if you're watching it kind of within quick succession of each other, you do realise there's a lot more going on for it than you actually remember when you're watching it with a weak gap in between hand. So... Um, yeah, like, it's just a subtle little mention, and but that's kind of like what I was saying about it kind of this season overall, when we kind of get a bit more of a payoff sort of with this whole organ harvesting, you know, storyline, the fact that that ties in all the way back to season one. Like, it's just kind of how clever it is. And I think Ryan Murphy that... We're not saying that there's, you know, no plot holes at all in Nip Tuck, but I think we kind of said this from the very beginning, that, you know, it's very well-crafted Nip Tuck, and it's very rare that there's plot holes and storylines that are forgotten about. I mean, there are some cases of it, but, you know, yeah, it's it's it's... It's a subtle little reference that, obviously, as you said, will play a key role into to next week's storyline. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that, that kind of sets us up with, you know, the, the kind of Bert angle that we're going to get. Um, and, yeah, that's that's going to be an important part of the, of this episode, I suppose. Um, yeah, I, I do like the bit where the, where the pump actually comes off. That is quite funny. <laughs> um, so, you know, Bert's off and he's going to make the most of this, uh, you know, the, this erection while he's got it. Um, yeah, and as you said, it's, it's a pretty awkward moment. Um, yes, but but anyway, um, he kind of you know, Christian. Christian's getting a, a, a pretty rough deal today because he comes into reception and um, and Faith's there. I wonder if she's got an appointment. At least she hasn't just barged into the office. Um, I don't think she does have an appointment because Christian looks like he's off somewhere when he when he meets her. So yeah, I'm not entirely sure. It was always good to see Faith back. Obviously, the 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 um, titles of the show is after her this week. So yeah, I mean, it's and, you know you're never going to say no to seeing Brooke Shields on the show. I guess I think it also comes down to like, isn't she just waiting for him in the lunchroom? Like she's not actually in his office. So um, yeah, but I mean, still, I guess the security like it's great at uh, old McNamara Troy. Uh, but yeah, like Brooke Shields, just amazing. We talked about her in the first episode. I love Brooke Shields, and uh, she just looks gorgeous. Can I just say that? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, and, and you know, the story that we're kind of getting here is, um, um, yeah, that she's she's kind of starting to. Well, I, I don't know if, if we're we're saying right here in this moment that we know that she's she's having feelings for for Christian. <laughs> I do love the look on his face though when she starts kind of, um, you know, well, basically first she says that she's a. Um, what is that? A, a, sexual a, a, compulsion. That's right. Yeah, I was going to say sex addict, but sex, sexual compulsion disorder or whatever it is. Um, and you know, and then she kind of takes her jacket off and starts undoing her skirt. And he's, the, the look on Christian's face is hilarious. You know, um, you know, he's so stoked about this. But yeah, and then she's got this tattoo on the small of her back, you know, property of Marco. Um, yeah, which was you know a, a bad relationship. Um, and yeah, so you know, and, and she now wants this tattoo removed. Um, yeah, I'm not quite sure we where we want to go with this really. Well, it's it's I guess kind of with all the the faith sort of stuff, you just you don't expect any of this, do you? Like it's kind of you just assume she's maybe just a, a single cameo in the first episode. And I mean, they could have just left it at that. There's no issues with that. But uh, I I do like kind of, you know, how this kind of turns a little bit weird. And just because I, I think kind of, I reckon they've done this deliberately because, you know, I guess Brooke Shields' reputation was kind of like the girl next door, good girl, you know, like she kind of 
really up to this point at least hadn't really done anything too promiscuous and over you know what i mean so it's kind of i guess you would argue the blue lagoon i mean she's flaunting around naked with a young guy but they're kids like you know like it's that's kind of what they're doing but yeah i i kind of think this was a bit of a play on just brooke shields you know so that, that they're kind of making it a little bit different to what you would genuinely expect her to be so yeah it's it's weird it's kind of interesting but i, I kind of like it again like she's obviously here for a tattoo removal which is you know an excuse to kind of to to see christian and we're going to get a lot more of obviously how she's sort of a bit obsessed with christian yeah for sure and um it's I guess if I'm going to start to have a bit of a, a criticism of this episode, is that the kind of the, the faith thing kind of comes out of nowhere. Um, it doesn't, and you know, obviously we're going to get to the end of the episode with the the big payoff in terms of faith. But yeah, I, I mean, it, it does kind of feel like she kind of has these feelings for Christian out of nowhere. I don't, know, I don't know if you kind of feel the same way, but it, it, this whole kind of um, obsession she's got with him like it just doesn't really resonate with me i've got to say i mean yeah you're right i mean it does sort of come out of nowhere but i also think it kind of works like i mean how else would you play this into it i kind of like how they sort of bring her back and kind of it's she's this type of character if you know what i mean i don't know i just kind of i like how they do it but i mean you're you're not wrong it does come out of nowhere but it's not one of these yeah, it just feels like an each feels like an engine being started cold you know like it, it's not necessarily a bad thing but mm. it, it just it doesn't feel earned i guess I just, I like how they use her tying it into, like, Bert, what we will get with that. So, that's kind of what I like, how they do with it, and kind of, it makes sense how this kind of is all connected. Um, mm. But, yeah, I mean, I guess kind of, when they bring in Brooke Shields, they want to give her something a little bit interesting to do at the same time. So, um, you know, what are they going to do? Just bring her back, I'll remove a tattoo, oh, by the way, this is what I'm doing with Bert behind your back, you know what I mean? Like, it it makes sense that kind of he would be told by her because, yeah, she is kind of obsessed with him, if you know. I'm like, who wouldn't be honest, who wouldn't be obsessed with uh, with Christian if he, like, does you over a desk? Come on, we'd all be there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yes, you, uh, and I, I just, like I say, I just love the look on his face when she's kind of undoing that skirt. It's so funny. Um, yeah, no, it, it's a good moment, but um, that's kind of where we leave that story. We come, we're then going back to Sean, um, and um, yeah, he kind of comes home, and uh, Monica's in his house, and, uh, you know, she she's obviously been invited over by Julia, um, and, you know, we kind of get this 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 really awkward moment where, you know, um, Julia obviously has no idea what's going on between them. She leaves the room, and and Sean's kind of like, "What the hell are you doing here?" Um, yeah, we're just we're just kind of setting up the the Monica, the threat of Monica, I guess, and and things are going to get pretty weird on the storyline. Which look, this is kind of what I really do like about this episode, though, is I actually really like the uh the, the monica stuff that kind of we get and kind of what this is obviously going to you know um just lead to with this episode just i just love it there's just something so weirdly odd about it that just kind of it just fits so well into the nip tuck grand scheme of things but um i do love like just i feel like i'm shitting all over jolly richardson in the last couple of weeks but it's like just this cheesy little line that she says like guess what i found out this morning and it's like, oh, dramatic, like, all oh, looking at each other. Look, 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 look. Marlo has a stomach bug. <gasps> oh, really? You just found that out? He was, like, shitting everywhere, like, a couple of days ago, Julia. <laughs> like, it's just, like, it's one of these things that, like, as much as I love this show, as much as I love this episode, it, it does kind of, like, 
it just feels poorly written because you know why they put it in there to be like dramatic and like, oh no, she knows. But it's just like saying something we already know. That's like saying, guess what I found out this morning? Water is wet. <gasps> no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just one of those lines that kind of just has to be dropped to explain why she's there. And, you know, like, yeah, there's a lot of shows that are not good at kind of dropping these necessary lines. And I think Nip Tuck's generally, like, if I'm going to give them a mark, I'd probably say they're, they're an 8 out of 10. But, you know, there's obviously, if they're 8 out of 10, then there's there's two times out of 10 where they're not good. And this is one of them where it's not, not great, I would have to say. Mm, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. So this is yeah, yeah, as as this episode is is normally really good at doing is that you you know we've kind of get the setup 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 and and this first bit of the episode is definitely that setup um and we're going to get the payoff with the whole Monica story later on but we're, we're straight back into um the, the faith storyline she's getting her tattoo removed um and you know and, and we kind of get this thing where um you know, Chris is getting a little bit of therapy while while he's at it you know and, and kind of talking about the dream that he's had with Sean and. Um, and basically Faith's, um, you know, talking through the fact that he has feelings for somebody else. And, you know, I, I don't know if you're reading into the situation at the time that it's, that she thinks that it's her. I, I don't know. Uh, the very first time I yeah. saw this, I did. Uh, but I think I kind of obviously know like where this goes now, but yeah, I remember the first time I saw this thinking that, um, just kind of like her, and I think kind of Brooke Shields does it well. She plays it well with kind of that awkward facial expression uh, that she sort of um, that she does. But uh, is that that is the same tattoo machine that we had in um, episode two of season three, right? That looks to me like it's the same one. Remember that Quinton like went out of his way to spend like seventy five grand yeah. on. I think it is the same one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I, I read that. I, I don't I don't know like if you're not meant to or kind of why. Do you think you you don't read into that? Is that kind of what you're saying or? Well, I mean, it's hard for us as an audience because I think that we, you know, we, we kind of know what the situation is for, for Christian. Um, so it, it's a little bit tricky for us. Um, I think I just missed it, quite frankly. Um, I think that it, it is there, as you say, that the, the kind of facials are there and, and I just missed it. So I was really just bouncing it off you to see if you had seen it and you obviously had. So, yeah, I think it was just a, just a bit of a miss from me. So, yeah, and anyway, we kind of, you know, that kind of ends. And, you know, her, basically her, her advice is that, you know, he, he needs to kind of break it off with this, this, this woman. Well, I mean, that's the way he reads that advice anyway, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's, it's kind of one of those, like, classic you know, misunderstandings where one person thinks you're talking about one thing when clearly you're not. And like that, you know, like I think like I, I can maybe see you, but like, it's maybe not as understandable as it would be like in a comedy or something like that. But um, I think it's just Brooke Shields face. She, she just sells it, her reactions. Like, and there'd be other actresses, actresses that could not do this, but uh, yeah, Brooke Shields sells this to me enough that I, this is where I'm assuming she's thinking it's, you know, her. Yeah, yeah, totally. And so then we kind of go into, we're in, in the staff room and, you know, um, Michelle's kind of um, propositioning Christian there and, and he's not having any of it at this point, you know, and this is where the the line I said at the start, you know, I'm not going to be your stand-in dick anymore. Um, we kind of get that line here and, um, yeah, basically basically ends things with Michelle that he's not interested anymore. So, yeah, I mean, it's this is clearly not the end of the storyline, but as far as Christian's feeling that, you know, this is kind of, he's, he's happy to break it up here um, because of the situation. So 
Christian actually being somewhat responsible, I would guess you would say. Which I think it's kind of, it's a nice little thing and it's kind of, you know, as much as I complain about Julia and Sean, the will they, won't they, like it's just, it's just bullshit now after four seasons. Whereas like, I kind of think that like this works and it's like the tension between these two. Cause I mean, they've always just got great chemistry, these two. And just, yeah, it's, it's kind of just gone from, you know, Christian and that seducing each other to obviously genuine feelings and kind of, you know, when he says like, I don't want your sloppy seconds. Cause you know, going back to that whole situation where Bert's popping into, you know, Michelle's office to pop into Michelle. Uh, it's kind of like, I mean, that's obviously going to be like completely awkward in a situation like that. Whereas I'm saying like, just feel horrible being the sort of the third wheel there. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, and I think they, the way they sort of played off the way, like Michelle's kind of like, you know, you're right. We should probably should have stopped this a long time ago. Um, and then, yeah, kind of, um, and then I just like Christian sort of going off at a slightly about next time you want to reschedule, you know, let me know. Cause it's, you know, she's obviously rescheduled his 10 AM to get a bit of nookie in the, the office, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of, I, I think from here on out, we're, we're moving out of our payoff section of the episode and into, um, oh, sorry, the setup and into the payoff, um, where we get the, the scene where Sean goes to, uh, Monica's house. She's getting her, or she's going to give herself a belly button piercing. This is one of those things where you, you kind of just remind you how young this girl is really, you know, that she's, she's wanting to do this and, and, you know, he kind of steps in to be doctor and you kind of get this, this whole kind of sexual tension thing where he's kind of like, you know, between her legs type of thing. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's well played. You can kind of see him struggling with the, um, with the temptation behind it. Um, and then basically tries to pay her off. Um, which, yeah, I mean, it's, he's, he's, he's into desperation territory here. Yeah, no, I love this scene. It's great with the tension, like, you're right. Just kind of like, just the, the sexual tension between these two, the way she's got like a leg spread. Um, and then just, you know, the, the creepy music that's sort of playing in the background and, you know, giving her the money. And this, this is kind of like, um, is this the first time where she's kind of starting to like threaten him a little bit or that, that has to come with the, the breastfeeding scene? But, um, yeah, I think so. I, but I do think you are starting to, even if it's only implied at the stage, I think you are starting to get that, that sense that he has to be careful here because this could start going really badly for him. Um, so yeah, I definitely, I definitely feel that, you know, not just the sexual tension, but I do feel the, the real tension that this could be, this could go really wrong for Sean if he's not careful and he may be in too deep here already. It's kind of like a bunny boiler situation, I guess, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's just played out well. And, you know, I think kind of this is where I like this storyline and I, I like, I just love this episode for how it concludes this. It's just, it's shocking and just the kind of the way it happens. But, um, yeah, I just, I just love this scene kind of, you know, yeah, just how everything plays out and giving her the envelope of money, basically. Yeah, I think it's really good. And, um, you know, it's, for me, I think it's just, it's just that real thing where, like I said before, it's just that moment where you realize just how young she is. And I think, I don't know, I I, I guess it had always been implied and and obviously she is very young, but yeah, I mean, it, 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 it just feels so much more real here. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Mm. Yeah, so, I mean, that, that kind of moves us on to um, the follow-up with Faith. So she's come back in with Christian, and this is where we kind of get, you know, any misunderstanding that we got a few scenes ago was kind of cleared up pretty quickly here where, you know, she's kind of saying that she feels stupid because she thought it was her. Um, and, yeah, then we, yeah, that's kind of the big scene here is there, is there anything else that you wanted to talk through with, with this scene as well no, I just I just kind of like it. it's just a nice little the way again well acted by Brooke Shields the way it's kind of like you know oh my radar was off I overanalyzed you know I'm sorry and kind of just 
you, you're kind of expecting like something to happen here, but it doesn't happen. So um, I, I, I think probably my favourite part of this scene is is where is, is the look on her face as she walks away. You know, it's a, it's a well kind of um, framed shot because you know you you kind of get her reaction to it, and then she walks out of frame, and you get his reaction at almost the same time. So yeah. you know, it's well done because you kind of get both of them reacting to this news in, in slightly different ways, and yeah, some good kind of facial acting happening between the two of them. I think it's really good. Yeah, no, I agree. Nothing really to add on that. I think kind of you summed it up well. Yes, and <laughs> then we get the scene where Sean comes home and uh, Monica's there uh, breastfeeding Connor. <laughs> um, so this is where we yeah. get... I think what I like about this this episode is that it moves quite quickly between the you know these two or three storylines. Um, um, you know, we do kind of get that movement that's happening. And, um, yeah, I think it's... Um, <laughs> we're not having to wait too long before we kind of move. So maybe that scene we just talked about where the, the belly button piercing is... is Maybe the reason it does feel quite, in retrospect, that it feels quite menacing is because it's literally a minute later that we're we're into the next scene with her, um, and this has gone from feeling slightly menacing to full on menacing, and and you know she's she's threatening him now, and yeah, this this is looking nasty. It's kind of creepy. Like, I mean, I can't imagine this is something you want to like come home and find your babysitter breastfeeding your kid. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like, the, the questions are, though, like, Julie's at a Pilates class, so she's hired her back. Like, did Sean not say at any point, like, oh, yeah, you know, sorry, Monica's out of the picture now? Like, I mean, it's, like, even, like, if Julie's hired her back, like, surely, like, maybe there's a deleted scene where kind of, you know, they have a disagreement about it or something. But, um, yeah, it's kind of, you know, Monica, you can just kind of see her craziness level because, like, she's kind of getting dicked around by these people a little bit. It's kind of like, oh, you're back, no, you're back, no, you're back, no, you're back. And then kind of, you know, yeah, she crosses a line by sticking a boob in the baby's mouth. But, um, you know, you can, in a way, kind of see why she all of a sudden goes, like, crazy here. Like, you know, I'll, I'll go to the police because she's kind of just, he's being dicked around a lot by this couple. Well, I think probably the thing here too is that again going back to that age thing is that you, yeah you kind of it, it's really easy to forget that she is as young as she is and, and she's reacting in, in the best way that she possibly can. Um, you, you know she doesn't really have many tools at her disposal, so she's going she's going to use the you know potentially best tool she's got um, to to kind of make this work. And yeah, she, she doesn't have a lot of well, she's got a huge amount of leverage, but she's only got one lever to pull. So. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a really interesting setup. I think when I think about we had that whole three episode arc last season with Sean and Nikki, which I keep Ugh. going back to is like the, the gold turd of the, of Nip Tuck so far. Um, <laughs> is, is that, you know, this is, this is a completely different situation. It's well written. It's well acted. Um, it feels menacing and it's tied into the rest of the storyline and the other characters. So it really feels like I think when we, when we talk about, and we are going to talk about this because obviously we're going to get the end of the storyline. Um, by the end of this episode, and uh, you know, I think it's been worth the journey for for three episodes that we've, that we've been talking about this. Yeah, I just I just get distracted whenever you bring up that storyline, and I think we should never talk. That should, that should be like the psychiatrist from season one, and just never brought up again. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> but I think it, but it is one of those things where you know um, we've obviously talked about public perception or fan perception of this this um, season has been a lot less than than. Um, you know, season three, and to me, it's a no-brainer. I think this is a this is a much better season because you've got episodes, you know, and storylines that run part you know part way through the season that that work really well. And last season they didn't. Um, but yeah, and I'm, I think it just works really well. But we're probably getting ahead of ourselves a little bit because we're going to talk about this and at the end of the episode, obviously. So yeah, but we we then go into this. 
I really like the scene, the scene. I don't know what you think about it, but um, where Sean and Christian are in the urinal, um, kind of having this conversation, um, and you know, um, and Christian kind of his his advice is to kind of almost let let Monica tell Julia about it, which is an interesting way around it. It's um, you know that she'll come across as crazy. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, and then obviously we get, the, we get the, um, I'm, I may not like dreams and I may not like visions, but if any of them involve Escobar, I'm gonna love them. And, you know, we get another, another Escobar vision where, you know, basically puts this idea in Sean's head or Sean's putting the idea in his own head, I guess, um, that he could just kill Monica and, and that would, that would solve the problem. And I mean, anytime Escobar shows up, I'm gonna love this scene. So we might be fighting for, and when it comes to top five, because I think we might have to put one of these Escobar scenes in, in our top five, because I think they're all really good. But this is another one that's just, it's awesome. I love it. Well, you know, I've already got my fighting for the Escobar scene that we've already had, but, um, yeah. No, I'm with you 100% because I, I just, the, the thing that makes this scene so good is that it kind of comes out of nowhere. It's not like, you know, how in the past when he's had a, you know, even kind of, you know, the scene that I love, kind of that sort of whole obsession scene when he kind of walks in and is like the devil, you kind of get a bit of a, like, a the way they kind of introduce him. It's kind of a like, oh, shock. Like, this is just so casual. Like, if you're watching this for the first time, you have no idea who this guy is. You just kind of like, you know, see him coming from the urinal and kind of going like, oh, what's that? Like, it's just it's just done so casually. The way he's like, you think my shit don't sink, Sean? <laughs> but yeah, like, I kind of just like this kind of going back to season one where like, you know, he's kind of having these things about you should kill kill them off because like that's kind of what, uh, you know, he brought out of Sean, isn't it? So, um, yeah, I love it. It's great. Like, I mean, I'm with you. Anytime, anytime Escobar's in it, seeing, you know, it's just so good. Um, dream or real. And uh, kind of, you know, we're going to get lots more of kind of Escobar moving forward in this season, which is great. So, yeah. Yep, no, I'm I'm absolutely loving it. It's it's good stuff. Um, and yeah, this, this is the first time we kind of get this idea about potentially killing Monica, which um, yeah, I'm going to have some thoughts about that as as we kind of move through. But uh, yeah, then we get you know Christians at, at Bert's house. Um, so yeah, we and you know he kind of gets us called to go around and see Bert and uh, Michelle's there, and and you know then we kind of get the whole reveal that uh, that obviously Bert knows that these two are, are having an affair, and you know get this whole kind of weird setup where you know he kind of gives them a present and they open it and it's kind of like you know underwear or whatever it is and he's like oh you can wear it next time you have sex and it's just kind of just the way he drops the fact that he knows is is, is really good I, you know i think it, it's really well done um yeah I, um and you know then basically just makes this this ultimatum to these guys that uh you know he he wants him to continue doing it, and he's going to watch. Um, which is you know this is this is such a nip tuck storyline if ever there was one. Um, but yeah, I mean I, I totally love the setup. I think Bert's a really good you know I like the character. I think it works really well in the scene. Now this on another show this just wouldn't work, but on the show I think it it just works perfectly. Really, I agree completely. And it's a similar scene to the one we just had before that it kind of just comes out of nowhere in terms of the fact that you know he's like oh, okay what's kind of going on here like what does he want to see them and then all of a sudden just that, like as you said like. He's it's like, oh, you should wear it the next time you have sex. And it's like, well, holy shit, like, he knows. Like, it's kind of like, where did this come from? You know, just kind of like a second ago when we get Escobar kind of coming out of nowhere. So I just think it's very subtly done and cleverly done as a bit of a twist. And, yeah, I'm with you. I just, I've always just loved Bert as a character. I just kind of like how this sort of plays out into it and just sort of how he's kind of, you know, making these two get strung along and kind of, you know, it's awkward because you can kind of think that Bert would be this type of guy. It's kind of like, you know, rather than just going off because you cheated on me, it's kind of like, well, fuck you, you're going to cheat on me, I'm going to hold this over you and what are you going to do? Go back to the gutter where I found you and I'm going to run your business into the ground. So you kind of got no choice, you two. I'm going to have to watch you have sex. So, 
yeah, I, I love it. It's kind of such a great, great uh, setup for everything, was it? Yeah, and I mean, it kind of then goes straight into the next scene, which is Bert with Faith, and you know, then we we kind of find out that she's set this up. You know, she's used the information she's got um, to kind of you know persuade him into doing this. Um, so she's kind of the puppet master behind this whole idea. Um, which is, you know, again, we're getting a little bit more set up here. It's it's interesting. And you now Bert's not feeling particularly great about the whole thing, which I think is an interesting way to think about it is um, my memory of watching this is that, you know, Bert was, was acting alone. I'd forgotten about this whole thing with Faith. And, and, I, and I think that that's, that makes for an interesting little twist in this whole this whole kind of storyline. Which, again, is clever because, again, just kind of the third time I'm going to say this in a row, basically, you just you kind of don't see this coming and I kind of I like the way they sort of do this um so yeah I mean I like the fact that um you know uh, he's sort of like she's playing it over his head and it's kind of like you know she's just getting like her revenge in some way like I don't know I just kind of like this about her character Brooke Shields' character yeah so yeah, yeah. yeah. I just I think it's like an interesting again, setup yeah and I think again like I, I, I hate to keep harping on about it but again this just it feels and this is an absolute compliment, it feels small time, it feels like we are back to these interpersonal dynamics with these people kind of, you know, this personal politics where they're setting up against each other to, you know, they're putting knives in each other's backs. And it's just great after the, the whole Carver thing with, the, you know, which turned into almost like a police show. This just feels like it's just been scaled back in such a beautiful way. Like, it just, it just works so well. And, you know, anyone that tells you that you need to keep upping the stakes to make things you know, better all the time. Um, sometimes that works, you know, like Breaking Bad is probably a good example of that, but you don't always have to do that. And this ultimately is a show about two plastic surgeons. It's not a crime show. And I think sometimes you just have to step it back. And, yeah, it, it, season four is just working on so many levels here. It's it, it's great. Well, there's so many examples of TV shows that kind of go back to their roots and it works for them. Like, I mean, you think 24, kind of like how that started and then kind of it started to go a certain direction, but then season five came about and many people argue season five is the best season of 24, not season one. So it kind of just the way that kind of comes about, then it obviously went to shit from, you know, the fourth episode in on season six. But then it's a similar thing to uh, to Dexter. I remember like the fourth season of Dexter was critically acclaimed with sort of the John Lithgow storyline and everything that kind of happened with that. So, you know, there are definitely cases of TV shows that, you know, obviously start off so strong, maybe fade away a little bit, but then they can kind of find their legs again. Um, and it doesn't necessarily stay that way because, like, you know, I mean, five is a very bipolar season. Like, you know, I'm not as critical as I keep saying this. I'm not as critical in season five as a lot of people are, but there's definitely some turd burgers in season five. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of it's the way they rebooted the show. I mean, famous example, I think, kind of a really working for, like, sort of a rebooty thing was um, uh, Desperate Housewives, and I can't remember what season it was. But they legitimately in one of the seasons were like, oh, we're going to skip ahead five years into the future and just kind of like, we're going to tell it from this story arc. And it, like, it sounded on paper like dumb. Like, what the hell are you doing? This is so ridiculous. But it actually worked a treat. Um, so it kind of just like things like that that can kind of happen. But yeah, they've really gone back to basics here with Nip Tuck. And it's, you know, this is again kind of like what I said at the very beginning of this, this season. Like, well, I just don't get why people hate season four and call it boring. I just think that this season is just so underrated. And like, you know, the rate we're going at the moment, like who knows at what point this is going to get rated on our overall seasons list at the end of, uh, season, uh, four here on our ratings one. Because, you know, I thought season two was untouchable, but who knows at this rate? 
Yeah, and I think, you know, um, it, it, it's just been, and, you know, I'm a convert, and it, it's just been such a pleasant surprise to me just how good this is. Um, and, you know, it just continues on with the very next scene where, we, you know, then we're going in and we're talking about um, wrapping up this Monica storyline, basically, where she kind of comes in. Um, she's got an infected nipple from all the times that Connor's been latching on. <laughs> um, and, and this is where Sean kind of, you know, finally loses it with her. And, um, yeah, we get the Escobars back and, you know, what does he say? I told you this bitch was crazy. Um, you know, <laughs> and, and basically the whole thing, you know, one thing leads to another where basically then she, she says, oh, she's going to go and tell Julia and blah, 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 and goes out onto the street screaming at him and, uh, gets hit by a bus. Um, so I, I will say that Wallace is fantastic. It is really good. Um, I think it, it may be a little bit convenient, you know, that she gets hit by a bus. It does feel a little bit like daytime soap. Um, but I, I don't hate it at the same time. Well, I think this is where we, we cross that line of Nip Tuck kind of being very soap opery, and I think this is one of these ones where it is so soap opery, but it just works so well. Like, this whole thing, like, I remember watching this for the first time, like, holy crap, and, like, I kind of like the way Escobar sort of saying, like, you know, uh, oh, I'll drug her up and then chop her up and then dump her in the Escal- es- es- Everglades with some hand. Like, it's not like I haven't done it before. Uh, and then just kind of like the way they kind of go back and forth with it. And, you know, it's like, what do you need a scalpel for? And she kind of puts it down. And then, you know, kind of just all the way, Sean, eventually, you know, he's sort of listening to Escobar, like, yeah, you think he's going to kill her. But then he's just kind of like, no, like, let's get you some help. Like, let's sort through this. You know, you clearly, you're, you're not right, Monica. And just the way she all of a sudden just turns it up and not just like, maybe I'll go to the police and say, you raped me. Like, holy shit. Like, wow. Um, and then just, yeah, like, I have to say, like, I, this is one of these moments in TV where I rewound this, like, when I first watched it. Holy fuck, did that just happen? Like, it's kind of like the, the whole House of Cards scene that kind of, you know, is slightly similar to this. Um, but yeah, just like, out of the blue, like, I always wonder, though, in these sort of situations where it's portrayed on TV, where somebody's standing in the middle of the road and then a bus driver's like, oh, I never saw her. Like, she was standing on that road for a good 10 seconds. So it's not like she just automatically yeah. stepped out. Like, what is he doing? Texting or kind of like checking the gear and all of a sudden like, you know, and why aren't the people on the bus like going, oh my God, look out, there's a young girl in the road. Um, So there's kind of that. But um, like, it's just so shocking the way it kind of comes out. And just even like the way it's sort of, um, you know, the, the effects, like you see the blood streaked on the road, you see kind of like a piece of her hair, like a skull capped on the ground. And just even then like Escobar in the background, like just the way he's like laughing, like, it's just, it's just so shocking. It's just, I love this scene. Like, you know, not top five worthy, probably. But, I mean, again, if we're running out of scenes, uh, you know, this and kind of, you know, Dawn Budge having sex on the rug, like, this could be in the conversation if we do run out of scenes. Well, I think what I like, I, I think probably, like I say, I think the ending of it is probably a little bit too, like, OTT for it to be considered a top five, but I think all but the... But that's Nip Tuck. I think to interrupt you, I think that kind yeah. of is what Nip Tuck is, though. It's very OTT a lot of the times. Yeah, probably OTT is probably the wrong word to use. I think probably it is too convenient for me, you know, that, that that's how it ends, because I think I think you're totally right that I think the rest of the, the scene is awesome. I think, like, the dialogue between the two of them, I love the kind of reactions from Escobar. I think they're really good. He's kind of like, the way he just kind of chuckles when she says something, you know, when she says the whole rape thing's like, oh, shit, you know? And then, obviously, he does the, has the same kind of chuckle reaction when, you know, when he's, like, next to Sean, when she's, you know, when she's lying on the ground. Um, but, yeah, you're right. And then, like, just the gore, like, the blood along the street and the skull cap. And, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's pretty intense. <laughs> it's pretty intense. Which, I mean, like, I know I'm jumping ahead here for the final scene, 
when they're at the dinner table. But I just like that to me makes it even more shocking. Like kind of just this scene we'll get at the dinner table. Like there's just there's just something about this whole storyline that just I just love kind of how it, it ends. And it's like, yeah, like you're not wrong when you said earlier it's very convenient. Of course it's convenient. But I just kind of like the fact that in a way he doesn't really get resolution. Like, okay, you might argue like, well, he gets resolution. She's dead. So it's out of his, out of the way, but this doesn't go away from Sean. It still kind of like affects him in many ways and kind of will get sort of through what will happen kind of across this season. So it's not like, oh, she's dead. Move on. I got away with it. You know? So, um, it, it reminds me a lot of kind of, you know, the whole Megan, uh, storyline in season one, when he's talking to that, you know, dead head on the table kind of, you know, like, yeah. it's kind of like he's conscious. And this is, I think, the thing, like, like I know you don't like your dream sequences, but, like, and you kind of said, like, at least with um, Escobar, it kind of works. Because, like, I mean, this is his conscience talking to him. And we don't really get that from Christian. Like, we sort of do this season when we kind of have that great episode when kind of he's, like, going to his bedroom and it's about, like, moving out and kind of, you know, he's got, like, all these former conquests kind of talking to him. Um, so it's kind of... He sometimes does, but it's, it's generally Sean who always gets sort of these sort of these moments. It's very rarely Christian. Yeah, and, and that's very much in keeping with who the characters are, I suppose. So, yeah, I mean, it, it is good. Um, and I think, yeah, as, as we kind of talked about a little bit before, if we just kind of wrap this this little storyline up, and you're right, it isn't totally finished here, but I think for the most part this is this is the end of it, really. And, um, yeah, I think it's been well worth the kind of the three episodes that we've had of it. I think it has been really good. Um, yeah, it, it, it's just worked for me and... and in ways that we haven't seen from some of these other kind of mini storylines. And obviously the Nikki one's the one that sticks out the most, but I think there's been other ones too. You know, I think this is right up. It's not, it's not quite to Megan levels of, of good, but it's not that far behind really. I mean, look, nothing can compare to Megan levels of good just because the way that ends is just so just, wow. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, I'd agree with you. I think it's kind of, it's a great little storyline and kind of like, kind of going back to your sort of bit where you're mentioning about how like the, the Brooke Shield stuff kind of comes out of nowhere. I think kind of this is the season for that because like, I mean, if you go back to the very beginning of this storyline, it does kind of come out of nowhere that he even fucks her in the first place. So, um, I think it's kind of a nice little bookend, isn't it? That it kind of, it starts off out of nowhere that he sleeps with her and then it comes out of nowhere that she gets hit by a bus. So it's kind yeah, of like, yeah. you know, nice little bookends there to kind of, you know, complete this story. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So anyway, that that moves us into onto probably the um the worst sex scene involving Christian in this entire show. <laughs> well, when I say worst, like just yeah, like well, you the, didn't the like the whole blind sex scene. Like you thought that was a bit cray cray, but <laughs> I defended that. that. That is true. That is true. And I think I think there's actually more to like here in terms of uh, you know Bert's reactions and you know, just the reactions and the looks in people's faces. You know, like a the whole thing we kind of Michelle's looking at him, you know, looking at Bert during the whole thing. I, you know, I think I think it's it's super awkward, um, the, and it's meant to be. Yeah, you know, like yeah. I think that it, it it does exactly what it's supposed to do. You know, I, I mean, this is exactly it. like it's meant to be awkward. Like nobody really wants to be in this situation, but obviously Bert kind of has to play along with it that he wants this. But you know, we know he doesn't really want this. Uh, and then it's kind of like the case with you know uh, Christian and Michelle, and I, I really like it just because I think it's kind of you just got to put yourself in the perspective of each character here. Like imagine being bird in this situation. Like, you know, the woman you've been married to and you love has cheated on you, but you're kind of, you know, playing this card where you've got to what, like you can't even picture that if you're in a relationship for however long. And like, I'm going to watch, you know, my, my wife have sex with another man. And then kind of like, you know, Christian who's like in love with her, uh, then like having to do this in front of an old crusty old Bert. Um, it's just kind of like this whole thing and poor old Michelle in the middle of this, 
you know, I'm surprised it doesn't turn into a threesome, to be completely honest with you. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just the, the, the way the level of awkwardness is just done so well. I think kind of like that's what I, that really sells me on kind of how like this scene really works. Yeah, yeah. And um, it is really good, and um, yeah, we're definitely going to get more of this going forward. So, yep, it's something to to kind of think about. Uh, we're going to come back to this one. So I think we can kind of move on to, you know, our kind of closing of this episode. So th- there's two scenes, and I'm actually going to do them backwards from what they are because I, th- I think the, f- the last scene is a, is a bit of a weird one um, in terms of, yeah, we obviously get the, the closing shot of, um, Faith getting another tattoo, which says, you know, property of Christian Troy, which I just find so strange. Like to me, I just, I think it's, oh, that's too much. Um, it, it just doesn't feel earned to me that she would go out and, and get a tattoo with Christian's name on it. I mean, I don't know what you think, but yeah, it just, it just feels too much at this point. I just like the fact that I, I can see your point, but I, I kind of also like the fact that she's a, a psychiatrist. She's a shrink. You know, she's meant to be on top of these issues. She's meant to be there, but like, at the end of the day, she's the one with the issues. Like, I kind of think that yeah. that's kind of, like, how it plays into it. It's like, she sort of obviously mentioned that she's got this obsessive sort of, you know, sexual compulsive disorder. Um, and kind of just, like, I don't know, I, I can kind of picture it that, you like, she clearly got so upset with the fact that Christian's going off there and then, you know, she just, I don't know, I just kind of feel it, it sort of works in a way. And, like, she'll come back, obviously, for another appearance where we kind of see this. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, I, I kind of like it. Like, I can definitely see your point, though. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I think I kind of like the idea of a, of a, a shrink needing more help probably than, uh, you know, the patients that she's actually treating. Yeah. 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 So I, for me, it, it, it's a bit of a, I'm, I'm disappointed that this is the scene it ended on cause I'm not entirely sure that it works for me, but, um, yeah, I, I get what you're saying there as well. I totally, totally see that. Yeah. She's, she's kind of that hypocritical thing of, you know, she, she's supposed to be the one that's giving help to others and yet she's pretty messed up herself. So yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's an interesting way to close out the episode, but then we go back to the scene that I've, that I've missed, which is this, um, you know, instead of they haven't been able to go away for their, um, Sean and, and Julia obviously have been able to go away for their honeymoon. So they're just having dinner at home. Um, and you know, then we get, you know, Sean's, Sean's overactive mind has, has seen both Escobar and, you know, the, the bloodied corpse of, <laughs> of, um, um, Monica. So yeah, it's a, it's a pretty grim final scene, but, um, yeah, I think it, it really kind of sells you on, on this whole thing. And, you know, anytime, as I say, anytime Escobar's involved, I'm, I'm going to be loving it. So yeah, I do really like this final, well, second to, second to last scene in this episode. I mean, the one thing I would dislike about this scene is just hypocritical Julia, you know, bipolar again. Oh, we got another second chance. Oh, shut up um but you like <laughs> i do you know i do like yeah like just kind of the way sort of sean looks at escobar and then all of a sudden the way we obviously get like you know just this rottenly gross corpse of monica with like a head half open and just kind of just like you know just just there and, and like i should say we haven't really talked too much about the actress who plays her uh jennifer hall is it jennifer da, 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 da. yeah jennifer hall uh you know just the way she kind of just has this subtle little look on her face you know i just, just it just works and i just love that kind of bit where it's like to us and they all kind of put their drinks up and they're all kind of you know they're holding it up so yeah i love this final scene and you got rolling stones playing in the background again too so like clearly you know yeah. as you're talking about uh last week about ryan murphy's uh hard on for the rolling stones it, it doesn't seem to fade away in this episode episode either yeah 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 so i mean it's um it, it's a it's a kind of a good scene i, I do enjoy it but uh, that probably kind of wraps us up and, and it, i'm just going to give you a little bit of a preview of what my thoughts are so obviously we're this is episode six we've gone um five for five both of us on buys 
Um, so kind of coming out of this episode, I thought this is potentially the one that's going to break the streak for me, and I'm right on the fence at the moment between buy and, and rent. Now, I'm expecting you're going to buy this episode, so I'm going to let you go first and, and see if you can convince me one way or the other on which way I should go. Well, yes, I am going to buy this one because I just think that kind of this is an episode that you remember. I think this is kind of an important one to kind of put that on a note because, like, I think that on the grand scheme of things, you, you remember the bus hitting sequence. You know, you kind of remember the awkward sex scene you sort of remember Brooke's shields and the tattoo at the end and you also remember like the gay dream sequence at the beginning so I kind of think you've got four key scenes in this entire episode that are memorable that uh, after six seasons of Nip Tuck you're going to be like oh I remember the paper bag episode you know I, I remember the dog fucking episode you just remember random little things and I think kind of this episode has four moments in general that kind of have that I also think Sean's storyline the way this kind of like ties up with sort of you know Monica dying but like kind of saying the fact that this is still going to affect him for the rest of this season and kind of really the next few episodes really tie in a lot to the 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 be all and end all of Sean and Chris uh, Sean and Julia that their relationship so I kind of think that's important I think it's important for Christian and Michelle kind of what's going to happen with them and kind of with Bert and kind of just you know what that's going to lead him to do next episode and that well, ultimately that's going to lead him for the rest of the episode uh for the rest of the season um, and I just kind of think that it, you know, it, it just, it works on so many levels. So I think kind of this is a memorable episode. I kind of think there's very little about this episode that we ultimately criticize. Like, yeah, okay, I know you criticize the dream sequence, but like, let's be honest, we're here at the end of this episode. We barely even remember that dream sequence happened. And that's kind of the thing with this episode that you may like it or not, but you kind of, it's done so well that it's so complete by the end of this episode that you can just kind of forget that scene even happened. It's just kind of a nice little fun throwaway scene that, okay, Ryan Murphy can tick off the bucket list. I kind of made Sean and Christian gay. So, um, yeah, I just think this episode's so complete. It's just got so many things about it. I mean, I'll tell you now that on my uh, overall rankings that I mentioned last week, I have this 12th out of uh, 51 episodes. So, um, to me so far, six episodes in, this is the uh, well, the fourth best of the season. I mean, I've got three episodes above this in the top ten. So, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> right, okay. No, that is helpful because I, I think for me, like, if, if I'm going to talk about the, the things I don't like is, yes, I don't like that dream sequence. I think it's it's unnecessary. Um, you know, I think it's just it's just a waste, and I I, I don't like it when you, you kind of have those wasted moments um, on what's an otherwise really good show. Um, as I said, I think some of the moments are a little bit unearned. Um, you know, especially the stuff around Faith. I, I just I'm not sure that we're quite there at that point, and the kind of hokiness of of how Monica gets killed. But as we kind of talk through it, it's also quite a a, you know, a shocking moment, and sometimes you need them. And you know, like the last episode. I was kind of talking about this as, you know, I, I think it's a very kind of even season where it's, you know, it's consistent. There isn't really a bad, you know, a, a, a big moment. There isn't a bad moment so far. And I think that that's probably, you kind of needed that bus sequence, I guess, to kind of make it memorable, as you say. Um, so I think you, you've, you've done a good job there, Ben. You've definitely convinced me, so I am going to buy it. Holy um, shit, I've done it and, again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I, I definitely was thinking oh, I'm going to have to break the streak for this one because I, I didn't enjoy it. But I think probably what's what's clinched it for me and what you've said there is is around the it's important. It is quite an important scene, uh, uh, sorry, episode for a couple of key scenes. I think it kind of wraps up that Monica storyline, but it also kind of starts to set up the kind of Christian and and Michelle dynamic a lot more clearly. Um, so I, you know, I think that that's that's really important as well. Um, and, and you're right, there isn't a lot of wastage going on here. The stuff that is wasted is 
minor compared to some of the other episodes. You know, we do get some episodes where we get these storylines that kind of go nowhere. Um, we don't even have like a wasted kind of um, patient storyline on this one. Sometimes you just get this kind of boring, well, not boring, but kind of completely pointless patient story, and we don't have that on this episode. So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm happy to buy it. Um, it Probably not my strongest buy ever, but it's definitely a buy for me. Well, you also kind of got to compare it to this time last season, the fact that six episodes in, I mean, we're just done with Frank and Laura and Granville Trap. You know, you and I binned, you know, one of those each, and the other one of us rented it, and kind of we were just about to start our dreaded Anne Hayes storyline at this point last season. So <laughs> I think kind of in terms of, like, the consistency level, like, this has been so flat out consistent this season and i think it still continues into you know the following episodes whereas like season three we were kind of already all over the shop weren't we in terms of where we were at season three this time a season ago so i kind of think that's important to sort of note as well just like where we're at with this season compared to a to a season ago yeah 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 so i mean it's a good place to be in and um you know i i I don't know about you, but I'm feeling pretty confident we're going to keep that momentum going into the next episode as well. So we're going into the Burt Landau episode, and, and yeah, I'm, this is another great one in my opinion. It, you know, there's some some really cool stuff going on in this one. That the kind of tension's slowly getting ramped up. Like it's just it's just like turning a dial. You know, like it's we're not absolutely slamming into this this crazy drama. It's just slowly, slowly getting ratcheted up, and I, I love it. I love that kind of slow build tension. It's it's really cool. Um, and there's a couple of really really kind of meaty scenes in the next one that I'm I'm looking forward to talking through. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty confident we're gonna be we're gonna be staying on the buy train for at least another episode. Uh, I hundred percent agree with you. Uh I mean there's some great stuff. Uh you know, spoiler alert, Dawn's back, but I mean even then we can kind of like have sort of an episode with Dawn where she's not the focus and she's still great in it. Like there's a there's a Kimber and Christian sort of storyline in it which is amazing and just yeah, I, I'm with you. The, the next episode is, is still great. It's still kind of keeping us on this trend. And uh, unless you can sell me the opposite direction, which doesn't sound like you will anyway, I, I don't think there's anything but a buy for me next episode to kind of put it out there as a spoiler. Yeah, so, I mean, it's uh, it's going to be a fun one to talk through. But, uh, I, you know, for now, I think we can enjoy a, a six double buy on a, on the bounce, which is incredible that we're saying that, really. Um, so, yeah, I think I think we're in this kind of unexpected little um, golden age here. So, yeah, just just big smile on my face. I'm enjoying it. So, yeah, so um, I, I guess that's all from me. So, uh, you know, um, until next time, um, Ben. Well, no, I, I almost forgot the important stuff, which is to make sure you uh, follow us on all the important social help. media channels um yeah yeah we, we wouldn't want to forget that those important things um so yeah facebook twitter um whatever the kids are into these days uh <laughs> stitcher all that all that kind of fun stuff make sure you you're following us here rate us on itunes all that all that good stuff make sure you're doing that and uh, until next time i'm nick and uh, ben here's to us and my name is ben and nick the most beautiful thing in the world i've ever seen is that glow you get after you have an orgasm Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.